Live on SEN Track, this is Race Car with Gareth Hall. Text in anytime on 0499 736 736. And for all today's tips, head to the Track Hub on the SEN app. Get your race card out and fill up your Ladbrokes account. This is race card. Gareth Hall, Nicholas Quinn with you. Good morning to you listening on your local SEN track dial right across the country. And a big hello to you wherever you may be listening on the SEN app. To join our conversation, 0499 736 736. Send a text in any time and it's a big hour coming your way. We'll chat to Corey Smith about the Silver Chief final tonight and the dogs. Looking forward to heading to Hong Kong to catch up with Tom Wood. It's International Day, one of the great days of racing on the world calendar at Sha Tin on a Sunday afternoon. Plus, we'll find you plenty of winners across the three codes, but especially in the gallops here on a Race Card. And my great mate, the man with the best hair in the game, Nicholas Quinn, joins me. Quinny, hello to you. I was hoping it might be the best hair and beard today. I've gone okay. five days without the yeah. shave and you didn't notice. So I'll Not give it another really. five and hopefully something appears. But Gareth, how good is it at the moment? You're great racing across the nation. You've got the big harness racing tonight. You've got a top dog meeting. You've got so much sport both locally and abroad. It is absolutely superb and the sun's shining so we've all got an extra spring in our step. It doesn't really stop people saying, oh Gareth, when's a slow time for you in racing? And I was thinking about it the other day. There is no real quiet time, maybe a couple of weeks in winter, but even after Flemington, it's flat out, especially here when we do the three codes because SE and track, we are the home of chasing, pacing and racing. Like it's the best night for the trots tonight with the SE and track into Dominion finals night. Greyhounds, you got the silver chief. And then tomorrow we've got the box draw for the, the slot race of Greyhound racing, the Phoenix where SEN have got Amron Boy and, of course, Ladbroke slash Neds have got Plaintiff for Jason Thompson. And uh, so that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. And then it's amazing today in the Gallops. So Sydney, you've got a $2 million Ingham. You win this year into the Doncaster. Brisbane, you've got two two-year-old races that are fascinating, including a debutante that's been backed off the map in Godfather. And Paul Stone indicated that this horse is right up with their better two-year-olds. Heading towards, of course, Magic Millions Day. The Galway Girl as well. You've got the Gateway. You win the Gateway, you get a free ticket into Queensland's greatest race, the Stradbroke. And then you think, well, can it get any better? Well, yes, it can because you go to Perth for the $1.5 million gold rush over the 1,400 weight for age. And I love the way that they've done this. They've extended the carnival. They call it the pinnacles these days. 1,400, so that winner bottom over the 1,200 and the railway stakes field who competed over the 1,600, they come together in the middle there over the 1,400, Quinny. Absolutely sensational. And the last race at Melton tonight, it goes at 10.58. Yep. And there's a good thing there, by the way, um, rocking big caddy for Michelle Phillips. $2.60, the second elect at that quote. So my plan is to watch that race and then get three hours sleep and get up and watch the soccer kicking off at... 2 a.m. So can't wait for that. And then after that, you you got to stay up and watch Thrill of the Chase because you can win and lose a Phoenix. So there's plenty to look forward to. What about um, this Sydney card? You got the Ingham, and I had a chat to John O'Shea this morning, and I've got one for you, Quinny, at a price with Ladbrokes. I don't know what price can you give me for the Lion Draw. Yes, I can. Uh, I can bring that up now. Why are we backing the line draw? What do you like about the line draw? Because I think he loves the mile in, at Ramwick. Um, he's got a couple of duck eggs to his name, but I think he's been better than that, especially his start the other day. I don't know. I've just got a feeling there that there might be an upset in such a big field over the sixteen hundred meters, and it could be the line draw. 
41 the win, 11 the place. Yep. I almost thought I clicked the wrong race thing because it's not in the top – there's like 15 in the betting. So Riadini, a $7.50 favourite. I can't think of the last race, and this includes the Melbourne Cup, where it was $7.50 or better yep. the field. So it is one of my favourite sayings, and it is totally true here. If you find the winner, the value will take care of itself. Now, I love doing quaddies on days like this. How are you going to stake the quaddy? Is it a field leg and you just hope for a long shot? Or is it a good opportunity to maybe take half a dozen? Because then you give you a good chance to go a little bit wider in the other legs. And that's when you can really cash in. Well, I'll take Weddell there. The one. This is an amazing story. We had a chat to Paul Snowden during the week on Giddy Up. Now, this horse defeated Zaki two starts back in Queensland during the carnival. And then he had a start after that. And then we, we didn't see him in the spring. He had a serious eye injury. So he had a drip through his eye. To save his eye, he was in the stables for two months with that drip. Could it move from his box? And the staff there at the Snowden Racing Team in Sydney did an amazing job just to keep this horse safe and to get over that eye injury, but just to keep him up and about as well mentally by looking after him. So he's first up at 8.50. I think he's the class horse, but I don't know if he'll... Like, he couldn't back him with confidence, but I don't think he's one of those... It's one of those situations where... You can't leave him out of the quaddy because he's a good horse, Quinny. And if you're thinking about having something on, there's every chance he'd win this race more than one in eight and a half attempts. So he's probably a bit of value at that 850 because if we see that sort of form that we saw mid-year, he's going to be mighty hard to beat. I wouldn't have Sunshine Rising. Polly Gray, no. Kerwin's laying too much weight. Surf Dancer, no. Riadina, yes. Um, Berterbeck, no. Lion's Raw, yes. Skylab, no. Skyman, no, a tissue, yes. Bartholomew Diaz, your man, Nicky Ashman, from the, the beatenfavorite.com, he believes this horse can run a bit of a race. Um, Dye Mill, yes. And then Dars Run, yes. Brutality, no. Longvillias, yes. Aramayo would be a fascinating story. This horse has been much travelled now with Sam Kavanagh. I thought it was terrific first up from a spell. The wide draw might not be too much of a disadvantage, depending on how they potentially come down the crown and outside of the track there. So yep. that's one roughie I'll be putting in my exotics, and it'd be a terrific achievement for Sam Kavanagh to get such a marquee race. Best back gallop all day, I think, in Sydney, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, is Fasol in the two-year-old race. Yeah, Fasol's been popular, and then later on in the day, there's been really good money for the Nuggets. So we'll get to that in just a sec, but yeah, now the two-year-olds are starting to come. You probably pay a little bit more attention to the betting fluctuations on the two-year-old races than you would for some of the other races on the program, but Fasol on debut, now $1.75. That's race five, number eight, two twenty into $1.75 there at Ladbrokes and has been well-backed. And later on in the day, as I mentioned, really good money. It has continued for race nine. So punters are keeping their powder dry till then. The toppy nugget failed to get a run in race number eight. Goes around here. Punters anticipate that will be successful, including one bet of 39000 What's your theory on this? Oh, we saw it with, we've mentioned this a few times. Like Waihaha Falls didn't get a run in a hunter. Gained a start in basically the consolation of the hunter, but had to carry weight and couldn't get the job done. Um, I've got a feeling that might happen to Nugget today. You don't like the fact the horse is going to be going from a terrific lightweight chance to having yep. to lump the heavyweight. They do have the claim, though. Now, Zach Lloyd, not only can you claim two, he's just riding so very well. So I do see that as a positive. I'm probably more inclined to be on the Nugget side, but I can certainly understand if punters have their reservations. I've got one for you, all right? Five years' time, who's the best jock? 
and this is probably a little unfair because they're all Jets. I think they'll all make I'll it. I'll still say James McDonald. No. No, out of the three oh, okay. I'm about to mention. All right. Here we go. Zach Lloyd, Dylan Gibbons, or Schiller? It's a good trifecta. There's some Terrific. good jockeys coming through. I think Sydney's got the pick of them at the moment. Yeah. Let us know what you think. 0499 736 736. They're like the they're like the two thousand and one draft in Sydney at the moment. Ablett Jr., Bartell, and Hodge. They're all in the same draft, two thousand and one. Super draft, yeah. yeah. I just missed out. That was my year. You were touted to go initially. Yeah, I made the rookie list of the Boxing Hawks. <laughs> that was a good draft. Yeah, it was. So yeah, I think that's an interesting debate. Hodge, Dylan Gibbons is a star. Ball, Judd, Bartell, Ablett, Stevie J. Yeah. Not bad. Do you have a best bet? At Sydney? Uh, in Sydney, I yeah, I, I'm going to stick with the, the market mover there on the two-year-old race. I think that's going to be my anchor bet there in Facile, race five, number eight. And I've got a tiny share in one going around that's been, I'm not going to sugarcoat it, extremely costly, this preparation. It teases everybody, oh, doesn't it, Dragonstone? It so it's race seven, number nine, Dragonstone. He's now 11 the win, 3.30 the place. I think he'll get a nice run in transit. Hopefully, he's a little bit closer today. So I'm going to back him the place there at that five dollar, uh, that three dollars thirty, and hopefully he can run a good race and earn some more prize money for the connections who are desperately needing some extra cash approaching Christmas. The synthetic hoof filler. It's an interesting yes. debate because the punters and like Mickey Gannon and Jack Dickens wanted to declare Waihaha Falls on Thursday. Then they saw the gear change come in that this horse will be. Um, um, it's been synthetic filler has been applied. So they put a line through it, basically. They can't take the price with the hoof filler in. Then you ask Johnny O'Shea and say, well, they don't quite know the horse. It's been a situation that we've been monitoring throughout his career. He's been in work for five months, and that won't be the excuse if he gets beat today. So who do you... Who do you believe? Well, normally I don't like it, but just a fortnight ago at Caulfield where Milford had the synthetic hoof filler in and basically was a bit soft in the betting on race day and ran a career best performance. One had no problems, pulled up well, went round again the following week. So it's not just a case of black and white. It's not ideal because yeah. apart from anything, it indicates that something's not 100% right. And you obviously want as few things to go wrong with a horse as possible going into any race. So it's never a positive. It's just, is it going to be a negative? More often than not, it does have negative ramifications, but it's more to do with the fact that there's an issue leading to that needing to be applied yep. as opposed to the treatment itself. What about at Sandown today? Um, there's some good races there, good even fields. Peter Moody could be in for a big day. Yeah, he could be. We've said that a few times in recent weeks, though, and it's uh, it's been a little bit challenging, but there's been an avalanche of money for one. Race five, number six, detonated Jack. Now, this is the horse that was backed off the map late at Ballarat in the final race on Ballarat Cup Day. Looked home for all money, was just pipped, but the punters have come again here. He looks above average. There's no prizes for finding him, but punters are happy to step in. Greenfly, the horse that lowered his colours, now a 3.30 second elect in that race, then pounding best the rest there at $12. So, Detonated Jack has been the best backed. I don't mind one race six, runner seven, so you see, second up from the Mike yeah. Moroni stable. Jamie Mott to steer. What a combination that has been in recent times. At around the $4 mark, I'm going to have something each way there and maybe a little saver on the Moody runner life lessons. But I think that form will be the form that, again, is hard to beat. But this time, I'm with so you see. I've had a few of them of recent times, life lessons. 
And the more I look at that replay against OUC, now we had Mike Maroney on on Thursday. So I don't know if she thinks about it or was it fitness the other day because she travelled like she was just going to go straight past life lessons. So they don't they don't step up and trip. They stay at the seven furlongs, but they put the blinkers on her. Life lessons for mine just was going away on the line. And the more I look at that replay, and I'm a big fan of So You See, but I'm just trusting my eye here. Life lessons from a low gate, stackhouse rides. I know that she has has to give weight now to So You See, so from the last time they met anyway. so But I still think she did enough. And I've, from all reports, she's got more improvement in her life lessons. So... I'd still rather back her. And as we often see, sometimes the more they win, the better the price the next time because people start looking for a way to beat them. Just like the flip of the coin is sometimes we see unlucky runners that should have won but don't totally overbet the next start where I think, well, hang on. If they had have just had the luck and they won the race, they would have been a better price than because people want to get on them because they were unlucky the start before. So I'm certainly no knock on life lessons. I just think so you see today, second up with the benefit of that first up run, the blinkers applied will be the one to beat. But as I said, I'm saving on life lessons. So if you're right, Gareth, I won't be losing. I think she I think she thinks about it too much, so you see. She was right on the back of um, life lessons the other day and life lessons carted her into the race and couldn't get past her. So maybe the blinkers do the trick there. I think Candelago's a good horse in the first for Lindsay Park. And, geez, the boys are going, well, they've had a wonderful start to their training career. Um, I think they're big chances. Yeah, I think there's a couple of really promising first starters in this race. Well, yeah. they're all first starters, so that means I'm going to be right regardless. But uh, the other runner I liked is down low. The first starter there from the Price Kent Jr. stable, Blake McDougall in the okay. saddle, has jumped out nicely. But the money has been for the runner you tipped as well. But I think both of them are going to be very promising and above average and hopefully see them put put it together on race day because yeah. a lot of times it's, it's not uncommon to see these horses trial well and jump out well, but then they've got to do it on grand final so day. what's your play there at Sandown? Yeah, I'm going to back those two runners that I did mention. I'm going to have something in uh, in race number six, more on the seven so you see, yes. but then a saver on the nine life lesson. So I do want to at least break even should that go that way. And I don't have to get a text message off you saying, I told you so, I can't believe you did that. But the runner I quite like is Artika, which is race four, number okay. 10. Ethan Brown to steer from the Ma Eustace stable one. Very nicely. Two starts ago. Happy to try and triple my money today. That's race four, number 10. Detonated Jack will be mighty hard to beat, but it's probably now just a fraction short. But I certainly wouldn't talk people out of putting that galloper in their multis. What about you at Sandown today, G-Man? I just think life lessons the play there at $4.40. And I'll back the first starter or the, yeah, the Lindsay Park two-year-old in the first. Good on you, Quinny. I like it. Very disciplined. Don't go anywhere. 18 minutes past 11 here in the East. You know what? It's 18 minutes past 8 o'clock in Western Australia, 18 minutes past 10 in uh, Queensland. And, of course, it is what – what would the time be in South Australia? I'll test you out here. Uh, it would be uh, 14 <laughs> minutes to 11. Uh, yes, correct. Sensation. I did take longer than I probably yeah. should have to answer that, but I got it right. Yeah, well done. We'll take a break anyway, and we'll come back with more of the race card. Thanks to Ladbroke straight after this. Here with Gareth Hall and Nick Quinn on SEN Track, your home of chasing, pacing, and racing. Live on SEN Track, this is Race Card with Gareth Hall. Text in anytime on 0499 736 736. And for all today's tips, head to the Track Hub on the SEN app. 
Let us know who you're backing today or marking um, with your race card there, filling up your Ladbrokes account, of course. Uh, Ladbrokes Mates Mode, the better way to chat, share and bet this spring racing carnival slash car- summer carnival. T's and C's apply. And, of course, available on the website. Call one 858 Terrific night of greyhound racing from the Meadows. Corey Smith from the Meadows joins us here on the race card. Corey, um, Silver Chief night. What price... Should we be getting for Amron Boy, SEN Track's very own dog, the people's champ these days? Yes, the people's champ. He's the SEN dog for the Phoenix, but he's got a group one to win tonight. But I, I think anything over $2 for Amron Boy, obviously he runs into stiff competition with Rejuvenate. They both went within two lengths of the track record last start in the Silver Chief Heat. Uh, it's, a, it's a bit of an interesting one. They do it a little bit differently. Amron Boy's not electric early, but he's an absolute monster in the middle and latter sections of the race as well. So if he can camp behind them, I think he'll definitely make his presence felt. So I think anything above $2 is probably reasonable, um, but it's, he's certainly no dead set mole in, in a race of this calibre. So, Corey, what's your best bets on this program then at, at the Meadows tonight? Uh, my best comes up in race six, and it's number one quarter. He's uh, drawn to get a nice run into the race behind the speed. I think the speed probably comes from the five. And after placing in the uh, the group one a couple of starts ago in the bold trees over at Sandown, he looked incredibly well placed. So I think if he can get a fair crack at them lob top three or top four, I think he'll be uh, very, very hard to beat. So he's my best. You're getting around the $2.40 mark at this stage. And I've got a value play as well. Race 10, number seven, Peaky Blazer. You're getting around the double figure mark. The six will go left and cause some havoc. And the reserve that's come into the race that's drawn box eight shouldn't really pose too many issues. But it's, uh, it's, it's a bit of a tough night, tough night of racing, but it's a cracking night. Obviously, the Silver Chief before the Phoenix next week, where it just continues to ramp up. Corey, Nick Quinn here. One thing that I've noticed as a... Greyhound fan more than anything is the resurgence in popularity in the sport in the last few years. We know there are a couple of challenges, but it just feels like now I've never seen greyhound racing so popular, not just with the racing industry and not just with racing participants, but the broader spectrum. Is that something you feel as felt as well for someone that works in the industry? And I dare say, and I hate to say it, since SEN Track got right behind the sport. <laughs> yeah, no, SEN Tracks obviously played a big part of it, but things like the Greyhound Adoption Program as well has probably brought it into the mainstream and people can kind of relate to the Greyhounds a lot better because every second person has one on their couch at the moment. That certainly helps. Obviously, COVID, where everyone stayed at home and we, we were very privileged to be able to run the whole way throughout COVID as well. So that was obviously a big, important step and we've seen massive, massive surges in particularly younger younger brackets as well. Like the 18 to 35 age group has just really taken upon themselves to uh, continue greyhound racing and, and uh, enjoy watching it and punting on it. And it's been something that's really improved the sport. We've seen that the creation of uh, there's two races worth a million dollars to the winner, obviously with the world's richest race next week being the Phoenix, uh, that, that sort of stuff. 10, 15 years ago being talked about just would have been pie in the sky stuff. So it's been a massive team effort by a lot of people to, to get it to the position it is now. And it's obviously booming. So uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's an absolute pleasure to be involved in greyhound racing at the moment. And I, I think I might be a little bit biased, but I think it might be even bigger and better in the years to come. So the Phoenix box draws tomorrow, Quinny live on seven, two on the thrill of the chase, Corey Smith and Molly Haynes. They'll be at the box draw. Mitch Who's hosting? Mitchell Bayer and myself will be hosting. Ah, I see. Um, and I'm pretty nervous here because I don't know, like 
harness racing, and I guess in a way gallops as well, draws can win you group one races. Um, this is not a group one, I don't think, but it's a slot race worth a million to the winner. Now, well, she's fast with Ladbrokes is 3.30. Amron Boy, 3.40. She's a pearl at 4.50, playing it for $8. So if you like to play bingo or something like that, you could play like this market right now because it can go either, it can go two ways here. If you back Emron Boy now at 3.40 and he draws box number one, he's a dollar eighty. But if he draws box eight, he's a $12 chance. Same with Well, She's Fast. Same with She's a Pearl. Same with Plaintiff. Same with Patty Wants Pats. El Dorado. Love that name, by the way. Yeah. McInerney could start now, wouldn't get close. Oh. And, and Tyana Bell could start now and wouldn't win. Is there a little bit of sort of, you know, when a star footballer changes clubs and they want to beat their former team even more, is there any like rivalry really. with you and McInerney because oh, of your, with, four, your former workplace? Yeah. Did you sense that a little bit there, Corey? A little bit of stinging his voice? Not really. Smithy, would you have picked McInerney? I love the Purcells and the Muggervans, but please, it, it can't win. $16. Should be 30 Oh, whack. I'm, no, I'm not saying why they – I'm just saying I'm just being like, this is just an opinion quick. Um, do you agree with me, Smithy? Oh, I think you're being a little bit harsh. He did place in a top gun and won a million-dollar chase, but he does have his quirks. He likes okay. to use a little bit of the track from box rise and, and the whole way around the track too. So he's uh, he's got to do absolutely everything right to, to win a race of this calibre. But, um, yeah, I don't think he looks out of place. I mean, at the end of the day, he's a million-dollar earner with one race and it was the worst million dollar chase that you've ever seen. Jeez. Oh, 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 Fighting words here. <laughs> hey, Smithy, stop sitting on the fence. Um, hopefully you'll have an opinion tomorrow when you join us for thrill of the chase with the box draw, the all important box. Well, draw. I'll throw one question at him before he goes, should we have a bet pre box draw? And if so, who on? Uh, oh, personally, I won't be having a bet pre box draw. I think it, it really does rely on the box draw as, as G-Man said, uh, the certain dogs, if they draw box eight, they're probably no chance. So uh, I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll declare one tomorrow on the show, Gareth. After the box draw, I'll find one. Okay. I'll do a little bit of uh, maths in my head and we'll, we'll hopefully declare one as soon as the box draw is done. So well, anyone can be a hero time. after the box draw. But um, <laughs> I'll tell you, your old mob um, at the tab, Quinny, their dog trolled really well, they, they tell me. Pity that their trainer, Andy Law, doesn't speak and... Um, I don't think he's a great ambassador for the game. Jeez, you're not missing here. Well, he doesn't. We, we we try and get him for an interview with She's a Pearl. No um no luck there. But She's a Pearl, she did troll nicely there the other day. Is she back the Pearl? She might be. She might be back. She might be. Is she the most intriguing runner? Probably. Because the highest ceiling, lowest floor at the moment? Yeah. Maybe McInerney could be the most intriguing <laughs> runner now. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be a great race. Terrific race. And even the story there with the Queensland... Greyhound making it with the trainers there in their 80s and that. Um, yeah, it's a terrific yarn. So looking forward to it. All in a bit of fun there. You're like the Don King of the Greyhound world. Yeah, we just got to stir the pot a little bit, Smithy, don't we? I would expect nothing less from you, G-Man. There's been certainly a few uh, few headlines to come out of this interview, so hopefully <laughs> none of them involve me. <laughs> Good on you, Corey. Have a wonderful day. <laughs> Thanks, fellas. There we go. It's 11.31. Time for the news. Boy, one of the great days of racing on the world calendar. What a weekend. It just doesn't get any bigger than this. And tomorrow is going to be absolutely sensational. After we spoke to Tom last week, I even went back and had a look at some of those champions. Forgot how good good Barbar was. That was a real highlight. Good Barbar. 
Was... David Raphael, what a champ he was calling. Yep, absolutely sensational. I, I don't know if I can recall. We've got the, the, the Football World Cup going on at the moment. Can't believe Brazil lost, by the way. But um, where, where you see the best players in the world competing against each other. Tom Wood from the Hong Kong Jockey Club joins us now. And um, Tom, I don't think I've ever, for a long time anyway, I don't know because we've been through COVID, it's been difficult to get these jockeys together. But I don't think I've ever seen a better group of jockeys competing at the one meeting than what we're going to see tomorrow at Sha Tin. Yeah, morning, uh, gents. It's uh, going to be terrific out there at uh, Sha Tin. Uh, tomorrow we've got uh, Joe Marrera uh, back in the town, uh, Christoph Lemire, James McDonald, uh, William Buick, uh, Zach Purton. Uh, they're all here to uh, step out uh, tomorrow. Many of the uh, Japanese uh, jockeys, Damien Lane, uh, Ryan Moore, DeSouza, Vincent Ho. Um, great lineup out there uh, tomorrow, those uh, jockeys and uh, some terrific horses on show tomorrow also. What will the, the reception be like for Joe Marrera, Tom? It's, it's actually going to be quite interesting because he's, he's been off the scene for some time. I think that the jockey club are not wanting to make uh, tomorrow uh, about uh, Joe Marrera. Um, he is here on a visiting licence and now he's on a, a club licence to jockey. So it will be fascinating to see how the, the crowd uh, takes him in tomorrow at uh, Shantin, particularly around the uh, parade room because some of them at uh, sometimes can be pretty hostile uh, things that haven't gone their way uh, during uh, the day. Some of the, the pundits uh, around the outside of the, the parade ring. I understand there is talk of him potentially coming back and maybe uh, January, there is talk maybe the Stewards Cup meeting to uh, give them a, a proper farewell. So, um, yeah, we'll just have to see what develops. But uh, it will be fascinating tomorrow. And I've seen him a, a couple of times this week out on horses. Um, he hasn't uh, looked like any pain has been bothering, but we, we don't exactly know what's going on underneath. Mm. Tom, can you just take us behind the curtain? Is it not all rosy, this farewell? It's not like this is the superstar that we all love and we're going to say goodbye to him one more time. Is there a little bit of animosity? Is that from the club? Is that from punters? Because from afar, it's a little bit hard to wrap your head around it. Yeah, look, I'm I'm, I'm not privy to all of the, the stuff that goes on in the, in the sanctum, of course, of the, the club side. I'm not 100% to sure, but I'm, I'm, what I am sure about is definitely the club certainly wouldn't want to, tomorrow uh, to be the, the Joe Marrera farewell show, that's for sure. Hong Kong Mile is the race I'm looking forward to. Um, with Ladbrokes, Golden 60s at a dollar fifty. California Spangle at four fifty. Well, if you go on last run, California Spangle had every possible. Zach Purton um, gave it every chance to defeat Golden 60. So probably dollar fifty. If they're the the two clear standouts in that market, might be a, might be a pretty good price for Golden 60. Tom. Yeah, I, I look, he's going to be incredibly tough to beat tomorrow, uh, Gareth, off what that first run uh, produced uh, for Zach Purton to run 21-6 for his uh, final. <laughs> Quinny can go meters. quicker than that. <laughs> and, and still get beaten in 21-3-2 was uh, just absolutely enormous. There's one line the connections keep rolling out with Golden 60, and that is the line about his fighting heart. They say he's still got plenty of that. Uh, being a seven-year-old, he's looking to emulate uh, what good Barbar did back in 27 by winning the Hong Kong Mile three times, and he's got a, a golden opportunity to do that tomorrow. You could always argue that California Spangle, maybe Zach went a little too slow in those early stages. Uh, and uh, the line that they've been trotting out this week is they're still planning ways to beat Golden 60. That's all very good in theory, but putting it to practice and action is going to be key tomorrow. With the crowd going tomorrow, how many will be there to watch Golden 60? And irrespective of whether they punt on him or not, how much of the crowd will be behind the champion? Yeah, well, normally we get uh, 
60, 70, 80,000 of charts in on International Day. We haven't seen anywhere close to that over the last couple of years, but uh, tomorrow will be the biggest crowd of charts for some time. We're going to have upwards of 30,000 people, I think, uh, there uh, tomorrow afternoon. And uh, a lot of golden 60s racing is either being done by done behind so closed doors or restrictive crowds. Of course, when he went on to uh, win the uh, the Derby and through the four-year-old series, that's when the doors are just pretty much closed at uh, Sharpton to the, the general public. Uh, so uh, they'll be out there in force uh, tomorrow. He's plastered over billboards, buses and trams. Um, mm. They'll all be there tomorrow. What are you thinking in the Hong Kong sprint? You've got um, Wellington that's been well supported at 360. I don't mind his chances. Which way are you going, Tom? Richard Gibson's really happy with the way he's come back. Of course, he pulled up with that little issue last time out, and he wasn't at his best. He, he jumped really well from the start. He might have been a little bit too keen in the run. That was a, a terrific performance when he won first up the season, the, the Premier Bowl uh, there at uh, Shartin. They're carrying the 135 pounds at handicap conditions. Um, that was a, a great performance from him first up. But look, I'm inclined to go with Lucky Swain S here. He's never the quickest out of the gate, but he's come up with a good draw this time round. I think that's going to be favourable to him. We didn't see him have to race up on the pace last time out, and there will be certainly some pace in this race. A couple of the Japanese runners are drawn wide. Wellington's got a, a wide draw. I think there's probably an opportunity for Wellington to slot in from barrier 10 somewhere, but we saw last time out Zach Purton didn't have to lead on Lucky Swain S, and he was able to reel them in. And He had the little weight pull on, uh, Wellington last uh, time out. Wellington goes around this time with uh, the 126 uh, pounds, and uh, so too does the uh, Lucky Swainess with the 126. So they're meeting on even terms here. Favourable terms certainly for Wellington, but I'm going to stick with Lucky Swainess here over Wellington for the beat one. Tom, the Derby's been, des- I beg your pardon, the Hong Kong Vase has been described as a race in two between Glory Vase and Stone Age. Do you see it as a race in two? If so, which way you're siding, or are there may be one or two gallopers that could cause the upset. Yeah, look, I think you're, you're dead right there, Rick Quinney, that uh, Stone Age and uh, Glory Vars are the, the two to beat in that race. So prior to yesterday morning's track work, I was inclined to go with Glory Vars. So he's sort of one of those uh, precious sort of things that, but like a Vars, you leave on the mantelpiece for a couple of years and you only bring him out on special occasions. And here they are bringing him out again, uh, Glory Vars. He's hard, to, he's hard not to have in this lineup, but here he's two from two uh, here over the uh, course and uh, distance. Uh, so, Look, he has to go in there, but prior to yesterday, he was clearly on top. But yeah, I like Stone Age's work here yesterday on the All Weather. Uh, the Ballet Doyle Trio worked well, and he was the best of them, I thought, uh, there. He's only a three year old, so he's got uh, a high cruising speed. Uh, the connections know the Breeders' Cup turf path they're here into uh, Hong Kong very well, and that's the same path they've trodden this time round. So, not quite fully decided yet, but on yesterday's work I might have Stone Age on top over Glory Bar. Now do you two believe in omen bets? Because this morning we were watching the soccer and my two little ones got in a play fight and broke my wife's best days. So maybe (laughs) I have a bet here and we pay for it everything's honey and milk again. I thought you'd be going, if you're going omen bets you're a warrior these days and you're romantic. Um, $3 (laughs) Jack Dior for 20 in the Hong Kong Cup. So your best there at Shard 10 in the Hong Kong Cup's an interesting race as well, Tommy. Yeah, the, the Hong Kong Cup, that's the, the strongest race out of them all here yep. uh, tomorrow afternoon. It's uh, coming up as the final race, race number eight, the, the, the richest race we run here in Hong Kong, the, the cornerstone of this uh, meeting. We've seen some great horses win it down through the years. Japan has dominated. And Romantic Warrior, he's, I guess you could almost say he's flown under the radar with what Golden 60's uh, done. Uh, you, could, you can even argue that 2,000 metres first of the way he did that. Uh, maybe that's taken a little edge off him. They might be able to find an excuse like that if 
he was beaten, but it was such a fantastic run first up. He's a, a genuine star, a romantic warrior, but... He can't the beat the Japanese, Tommy. I can't believe he's th- this short in the market. Surely the Japanese yeah. would be too good for him. Well, the, the, the most interesting horse, I think, going around of the whole meeting has yep. to be Panther Lasher on what he did last time out. That Equinox form <laughs> should stand up for anywhere. The form's come through the uh, uh, the Japan Cup and stacked up out of that. Um, if they, if he gets out to a big lead, they just might find it hard to reel in. Of course, it's a, a 600-metre-odd straight there at Tokyo. It's only 400 here at Charlton. How many lengths do you think you'll be in front down the back? Look, I think he was in front by 15 lengths last good. time out. Uh, whether whether they're that that daring this time round, he was 57.4 for his first that 1,000 metres. You can sometimes take those Japanese times with a, a grain of salt, with the, especially the, the run-up start they have for, to them. But I don't know if he'll be in front by 15, but he, he might be in front by a margin. Now, Tom, I absolutely love your social media work. We've discussed this before. You bring Aussie racing fans behind the curtain and break down the Hong Kong racing so well. You make it very easy to follow these Australian horses over there. But I might have finally found something that I don't like about your Twitter work. What is with your handle? Because I went to try and tell someone to follow you and tried to explain what your Twitter handle was, and I, it, was, it was quite a challenge. Yeah, I, I can't actually take any credit for that one. It was a, a guy that I worked with at Trackside back in NZ. Um, he used to be one of the directors there, and he actually came up with it, so it's just sort of, it sort of stuck from there. So, no, I can't take any credit for that one. So, so what is the handle? What is it, Tom? If someone says, what's your Twitter handle, do you have to spell it out letter by letter? Well, it's it's basically just commentator, but it starts with a T, so it's commentator NZ. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, I, until I was trying to explain to something, like, what do you mean with a T? And I was like, don't worry about it. Just anyway. I'll send you the link. I'll send you the link. So, are you going to tweet your tips for tomorrow's program? How can we follow you throughout the course of the day, Tom? Yep, it'll all be there. We'll have all the coverage you can get onto one of those various websites. Uh, normally, racing and sports is the best you can follow. Uh, our whole coverage from Shatin tomorrow via a live link on the uninterrupted uh, uh, coverage with no other races to squeeze in between. So you can follow that on uh, racing and to sports. Uh, you can get onto the Jockey Club website, hkjc.com. You can find uh, racing to win there. Uh, Mark McNamara and myself, Paul Lally, will have all our tips up on there uh, later on this afternoon. There's a special uh, preview show with uh, Mark Mack, uh, Graham Cunningham, Steve Moran uh, on the website uh, for the four international races also. And so I think we're broadcasting live on Twitter tomorrow afternoon as well. Love your work, Tommy. Yeah, you do a wonderful job for the Hong Kong Jockey Club. The build-up's been sensational. The coverage has been brilliant and can't wait for Sunday. Beauty, guys. Cheers. Thank you. There's Tom Wood from the Hong Kong Jockey Club. This is Race Card, of course, brought to you by Ladbrokes. You're with Gareth Hall and Nicholas Quinn. We might take a quick break on the other side of it. We'll go through our better bets on the program. We'll also preview that Ascot meeting with the highlight there, the $1.5 million gold rush, wait for age, 1,400-metre event there in WA. And this is a race car brought to you by Labrokes Mates Mode, the better way to chat, share, and bet. This spring racing carnival and summer carnival, T's and C's apply, and available on the website, call 1-800-858-858. Live on SEN Track, this is Race Car with Gareth Hall. Text in anytime on 0499 736 736. And for all today's tips, head to the Track Hub on the SEN app. This is for Ladbrokes Mates Mode. Ladbroke it together this spring carnival slash summer carnival. Gamble responsibly. Call 1800 858 858. The Gold Rush is the feature event in Perth. $1.5 million. Wait for age 1400 metres. I've been all over Valana. He's had a few setbacks in Perth, but he passed his... 
his fitness test or the vet test there yesterday. So he's right to go. But my only concern now, Quinny, I'll just have a look at the wind conditions. So that sea breeze in WA, if it gets above 20 Ks, it's hard to be on pace. We saw it in the winter bottom. Yep. He's drawn barrier one, which can complete, uh, can be a complete and utter nightmare. Um, but Benny Mellon rides. He won't lead though, will he? Now, hopefully he can get off the fence at some yeah. stage, but you don't want to be like, so when the wind picks up like that, the horses just ricochet off that, that turn. So if you're on the inside, those horses winding up out wide, get the momentum and you miss the boat. Like Pikey with the astrologist, like he drew well, um, but those horses can quickly make up ground to you outside. So it's hard to, it's hard to, you, you miss the boat basically. So that's a concern with Alana. Is the bigger concern on your you're on pre post, so you feel helpless anyway. So there's nothing you win. can do. You can put a line through it. No, Alana. come on, think positive. This is your day, G. I did with Cascadian last week, so I'm trying to do the reverse oh. Moz. Um, I think Kiss on all four cheeks would be tough to beat. Maybe Resortment at a price. Pete Anthony's he likes Resortment. He's tipping Carly's Karma, but I can't have her. Well, you were I, spot I think, on about Carly's Karma last up, by yeah. the way. Was I, right in the market, and you said it was a two hundred to one pop, and ran accordingly. Well, it didn't have much luck, they tell me, but I, I don't know. It probably win today, but I, I can't have it. I think Kamantari can be a bet, uh, a place bet. No, I think he can win, Jamie Carr. Mm. Um, I like hardly ever as well for Simon Miller. Carberry takes the right, so I think it'll be winning. That's race six, number seven, and has been really yep. well backed. Four dollars into two dollars sixty. And I think it's safe to say if you followed that stable when the money came, you'd do pretty well on the punt. Yeah. Simon Miller was with us on this station, SEN track for the road to tri- the, the road to the trilogy, which is our, our show talking about the build up to these slot races in the middle part of April. And he was keen um, on hardly ever as well. In fact, he made that his anchor in his multi. We do a Gallops Trots Dogs. Junior got the job done. Cody Charles stuffed up at Mandry yesterday <laughs> with a a dog called Karen, but he's been pretty good. That was the first time he's missed. Um, so everyone's avoided. Everyone's allowed to make a duck from time to time. Yeah. What did you make of one first up today? Capital flight race um, five on the program. Yeah. What price? Two ninety out from two seventy. Who rides Luke Campbell? Uh, yes. He claim? Yes. Luke yep. Campbell claims three. He'll be the. He, he's a whiz kid. He's a talent. He's got a little bit of swagger, they tell yeah. me, Luke Campbell. But he's Saw very him with good. the big sunnies on the other day, yeah. pre-race. He wanted to hang out with J-Mac all day. <laughs> I think he I think he chewed J-Mac's ear off. Um, but he's a kid with, like, you've got to have a little bit of confidence. Oh, absolutely you do. Name an elite sportsman that yeah, does it. I think he's master nifty Neville Parter might try to, like, control him <laughs> a little bit. But I don't know if he needs the pulling bit on him or something like that. Um, but he wrote, he got a double there the other day. So, no, I think it will be hard to beat. That kid, I think he'll love the big stage as well. Hey, I've got one in the trots for you. All right, here I think we go. Captain Wilson, has he Adam Hamilton's horse? Has he tipped it to you? He has. I think it's a good thing today. And yes, Adam said very I didn't say good thing, but he's very confident and thought the the price was wrong, basically. Yeah. So it might be a good opportunity. Well, I there's, there's two to, two um opinions there. Monomia who's been heavily supported, and, and Captain Wilson. So it's race three, number one, Captain Wilson. You can yep. also use the switch on that race, which means either double your winnings or bonus back for second or third. So and it's I'll, a good little safety net. And I've been tipping Jellyby Sylvester. What price now? Race six. Race six, Jellyby Sylvester. $7.50 in from 19 yep. So well, once again, $19 yesterday. You've just moved the market. That's what you do. We need to have a chat off here about another Jellyby. What's going on with our Jellyby? 
silly be jet about mm. jet bike. They reckon it went all right the other day. I said, I don't know if you're watching the same race, Patty. Um, that's Patty Lee. I'm only joking. She'll be a good three-year-old filly. I thought she went okay. She'll be a good filly three-year-old. All right, be patient, all right. Be patient. Nicholas. All right. It's it's not something I'm I'm known for, Gareth. Nothing can happen overnight, and you'll be rewarded for your patience with her. Thanks for your company on Race Card, brought to you by Ladbrokes. Have a wonderful day. Um, Brisbane Godfather, great day there at Eagle Farm. Yes, and hopefully yep. the Godfather can salute, and hopefully Dan Cobby can work his way back into the show going forward, because I can honestly say, didn't miss him at all today. But what about the arrogance? He texts at 9 o'clock, Dan Cobby, saying he can't come on. No, no, not I can't come on, I'm not coming on. Yeah, I'm going to the picnic races. Hey, Eagle Farm, of course, the gateway, you win this, you go to, of course, the... Um, the Stradbroke, I think Mimi Lagarde um, okay. would be tough to beat. Into 360 now with uh, Ladbrokes. I like it. Once again, just a couple of hundred bets to get us through our Saturday and hopefully a few we, winners there. That's why we call it the race card. And that's what we work every day of the week. We've run out of ink with our, <laughs> we've run out of ink with our pen again. Have a wonderful day. Um, happy punting. Punting um, responsibly, however. And, um, yeah, back plenty of winners. We'll catch you again on Monday morning, 8 o'clock. Giddy up. Go the Lord, dogs. <laughs>